Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Let's talk apocalypse. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Starting in September, just a little plug, starting in September, the first Tuesday and every Tuesday following that until we're done, we're going to be going through the book of Revelations chapter by chapter in a Bible study on Zoom. And uh, so we'll have more information about that as, as time goes on. But I thought as, since I had an opportunity to speak today, since Floyd is, going, is away and asked me to speak, I said this would be a great time to introduce Revelations to everyone again and get, um, get a little introduction on it. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to introduce Revelations. The book of Revelations is a, primarily a prophecy book. It's a book about prophecy. It foretells things that are going to come during the end times. Um, we see vivid pictures in this book, things that will just blow your mind, like many-headed dragons and you know things coming up out of the sea and all kinds of plagues and bowls and trumpets. And God's wrath is being poured out on a time that's called the tribulation time. And we see all of this in the book of Revelations. Uh, it literally is a book that ends what Genesis began. If you look at the book of Genesis and you look at the book of Revelations, you can see how they complement one another. For example, in Genesis, the earth is created. In Revelation, the earth will pass away. In Genesis, the sun was the governing force uh, that, that, that had the by day and the moon by night. In Revelations, there's no need for either one, the sun or the moon, because Jesus Christ is the light. In Genesis, we have the entrance of sin. In Revelations, we have the end of sin. In Genesis, it introduces the curse. And in Revelations, the curse is removed. In Genesis, death is entered, uh, entered into the world. In Revelation, it says there will be no more death. In Genesis, we see Satan's first rebellion. And in Revelation, we see Satan's last rebellion. In Genesis, Satan's doom is pronounced. And in Revelation, his doom is executed. So we see the two bookends of the entire Bible. God's holy word is in Genesis and Revelation. So Revelations is a very important book to all of us, but we get scared off by reading Revelations. A lot of us just, we have the wrong motives going into it because we're looking at it as something very scary. We see all of these pictures, all of these things that are throughout the book, and we think about it as a gloom and doom book. We think about it as something that most preachers and most churches steer away from because of all of the, the, the destruction and the death and the gloom and the doom that is found in the book. And we just, 
we just look at it in the wrong, wrong eyes. And don't get me wrong, if we look at what's going on around the world today and in the craziness that we live in, most of everything that is talked about in Revelations we see taking place right now. We see it right where we are. But if we just focus on all of the gloom and all of the doom that is in Revelations, we miss out on, on a whole lot of stuff. We miss out on the hope of Revelations. Revelation is really a book of hope. It's a book of encouragement to those who believe in Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation provides the most detailed look into the future of all the books in the scripture. The book of Revelation unveils the future history of the world all the way to the history's climax of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And in Revelations 1 through 6, where we're going to be today, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Revelations 1 through 6. I didn't put it up on the board today. We're up on the screen today. We're just going to read. I will be reading out of the uh, ESV version. But um, if you look at Revelations 1 through 6, you will see that believers can experience grace and peace through understanding the book of Revelations. Just in this first six verses, we will see the, how things take place and how this is, can be and should be a book of hope for the believer. So if we have your Bibles, turn to Revelation 1. We're going to read the first two verses right now. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servant the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that, saw, that he saw. The word revelation is translated apocalypse in the, the Greek, and that's why I titled the sermon, Let's Talk Apocalypse Today because that is the Greek word for revelation. It means to become visible or unveiling. It is mentioned 18 times in the New Testament. So revelation is a book that begins with hope. It says, you know, instead of considering revelation as a bunch of, of things that are going to happen that are very bad, which it is, to those who do not believe in Jesus Christ, revelations should scare you to death. Because if you do not believe in Jesus Christ and you do not believe in his coming again in the rapture, this book should scare you out of your shoes. Because it is the truth. It is something that will happen to all those who are left on planet earth after we who are Christians are called up into the rapture and taken to be with the Lord. There is going to be time of trial. There's going to be time of tribulation. There's going to be time of, of um, famine and, and destruction. And all of these things are going to take place. But we as Christians, we do not have to worry about it. If you are a true Christ follower this morning, you do not have to worry about what is going to take place in Revelations. We need to know about it. We need to pray about it. We need to tell others what is going on. 
but we do not have to worry about it because Jesus promised us that he is coming back for us. He is going to take us to be with him and he's going to prepare he's preparing a place for us right now and he's going to come and he's going to take us to be with him. Every vision, every description in Revelation is one that puts Christ as um, one of majesty and power and glory. God will bring about the completion of his plan and for our good and his glory. The gospel presents Christ in his first coming and Revelation presents Christ in his second coming, victorious, exalted, and held up. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him. This isn't John's revelation. This isn't something that John got. This was a revelation that God gave to Jesus. Jesus gave it to his angel. His angel gave it to John, and John gave it to us. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ. It is all about him. God promised that his son would be lifted up and exalted, and Revelation is a part of what is doing that. Paul explains it like this in Philippians 2. He says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, everyone is going to bow before Jesus Christ. I don't care if, if you're an atheist. I don't care if you're an agnostic. I don't care if you're Buddhist. I don't care what you are. If one day it says that we will all bow before Jesus Christ and we are all going to claim him Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And that is exciting to me. That gets me going when I know that one day everyone will bow before Jesus Christ. The question is, are you ready to bow before Jesus Christ? Are you ready to stand before him? The book of Revelation describes the, in detail how Christ will be exalted, how we will spend eternity praising him, and how we will spend eternity lifting him up and looking to him as our light and our source. But not only do we look at the, the prologue in the, the beginning of this, but look at verses 3 and 4 in Revelations. It talks about the people. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is in and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before the, his throne. 
Revelation is the only book in the Bible that has a blessing and promises a blessing if you read it, if you hear it, and if you obey it. Reading it, hearing, and obeying are truths of revelation, and it should be truths of the entire Bible, all of the scriptures. Are, that should be the way of the Christ follower. We should hear, we should read, and we should obey God's word. That is what we are called to do as followers of Jesus Christ. But this has a little special meaning to it because you see in the first century, and in the first century church service, it was a common practice when churches came together that someone would read the scripture, then someone would hear the scripture. So one person would read the scripture to everyone else who could hear what was being said. So the book of Revelations is God's final word to his saints. It's his final declaration to us. The book of Revelation brings, uh, begins with a blessing in, in that third verse. It said, blessed is he who hears, reads, and obeys. But it also comes with a warning. So it comes with a blessing at the beginning of the book. It comes with a warning at the end of the book. If you look at Revelations 22, verse 18, it says, I warn everyone who hears the words of this, the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. Can you imagine taking away or adding to the scriptures what it is, what the, 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 um, the results of doing that is. I can't stress it enough that we need to heed this warning. We, we need to stay away from adding anything to the Bible or taking anything away from the Bible. So many churches today and so many pastors and so many people are trying to make the Bible fit their their way of thinking. They're trying to make it fit what they believe. And they're taking away different parts of it. They pull out certain parts of the Bible and they, they leave it out so they can make it sound better for them. And they put in things to make it sound better to them. We need to not do that. We need to stay away from that. Because the Bible says that when, right here it says when, when we do that, God's going to add to the plagues. God's going to add more destruction to you. He's going to add more grief to you. He's going to add more things on you. We need to not do that. We need to stay away from adding to or taking away from God's word. John gives us the reason for, for why we need to do this, why we need to read it, why we need to hear it, why we need to obey it. He said, because the time is near. Now, I know what everybody's thinking. John said the time was near in the first century. Well, we're 2,000 years later, and where's the time near from? It has not happened yet. John wasn't talking about the immediate time. He wasn't talking about a time that was going to be there. He was talking about a time that was going to be imminent. It was going to happen. Jesus Christ was going to come. It is not a matter of, 
Uh, if he's coming, it is a matter of a certainty. Jesus Christ will come again. He said he will. Think about it. It took 4,000 years from the time in Genesis when they started talking about Christ coming the first time, and we're only 2,000 years into it for the second coming of Christ. So we're getting there. We're getting to where Christ could come at any day. The, the rapture is the next event on the prophetic calendar. There's nothing else that has to happen. Christ could come back even before I finish this sentence if he wanted to. He is that close. We are right there. His return is here, is, is, is coming. I believe that we are living on the edge of eternity right now. I believe that his, his coming is closer now than it's ever been. Certainly closer than it was yesterday, right? So it's closer. It's coming. He is coming. And I just hope and pray, and it's my wish, that everyone is ready for his coming. Then John knows about this. He hears about this. Remember, John got this revelation. John got this visit from this angel while he was imprisoned on, on uh, 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 Petmos. And, and it, was the, it was an island that was, was a prison island. He was, he was the, some history says that he was boiled and almost they tried to boil him to death before they threw him over on the island because they wanted him dead. He was the last surviving disciple. He was the last witness of, the, of Jesus Christ and he, they wanted him gone. And um, they tried to get rid of him, and the angel came on this, this barren island to visit him and give him this revelation. And you would think that he was miserable, but he breaks out into praise. He has a doxology that he came out with. And, and we see in verses 5 and 6 of Revelation 1 the praise that John had. It says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sin by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Grace and peace flow only from Jesus Christ. We cannot have peace any, anywhere else but through the blood of Jesus and what he did on Calvary for us. He is a faithful witness. He is the firstborn of the dead. That doesn't mean that he was the first resurrected. There were many resurrected before Jesus was resurrected from the grave. Lazarus, Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave. There were several that were resurrected. But he was the only one, the first one, who was born from the dead, that conquered death, and gave us life everlasting. He is the only one that can be contributed to that. No one else can. Christ is seen here in his glory, and he is exalted and lifted up on high. And it is fitting that John kept this for this last little section of this beginning of this book because it's a fuller description of, of Jesus Christ since 
Jesus Christ is the theme of the entire book of Revelation. Revelation, the theme of Revelation is not doom and gloom. The theme of Revelation is not about destruction. The theme of Revelation is not about just sending people to hell. The theme of Revelation is Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross and what he has prepared for us. If you look in chapters 20 and 21, you see the heaven and the new heaven and the new earth that he describes. It is just beyond belief. One day we will be walking down streets that are made of gold. We will have no more sickness, no more death, no more plagues, no more pandemics. Nothing will be bothering us, but we will have the glory of God just all around us. That's what we have to look forward to. That is the hope of revelations. That is what gives us joy. That is what should fill our hearts with, with joy and with praise and with gladness. We should see Revelation as a book that will bring us in to the kingdom that we belong to. It says that he is the king over all of the earth. He is the, he's the one who put, places kings and rulers into this earth. We don't have to worry about who is the, king, who is the president of the United States or who the, the queen of England is. We don't have to worry about that. God placed each and every one of them into their office, and God will take them out when he's done with them. We need to know that no matter what we're doing, no matter who's in office, no matter where we're at, our citizenship is not here in the United States or in any other country. Our citizenship, if you're a born-again, believing a follower of Jesus Christ should be in heaven. We have a dual citizenship. And one day, God is preparing us to go to that new kingdom, to go to where we are going to be living with him forever and ever. And that is what the book of Revelations is all about. That is where we're see what we're seeing. It's a book of hope. It's a book of encouragement. It's a book that should get us started with seeing Jesus as who he is and where he is, and what he's doing for us. John concludes this doxology with the only proper response that he could. He says, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Jesus Christ is going to reign forever. He is the only one who will reign. And we can look for to know that no matter what we're going through here on earth, no matter what problems we're facing, no matter what sickness may be headed our way, no matter how our finances are, no matter how our situation, no matter what habits we have, what addictions we have, what anything we have, God is in control of all of it. And God knows the answer. And he's already working out the solution to every problem that we have if we just trust him. If we just put our hand in his and we know that he is looking out for the best for us. I hope this morning that you know that Jesus cares for you. That Jesus loves you. That he died for you. That he gave his life so that we could have life everlasting and we could have it to the full. Revelation is a book filled, as I said, and I can't say it more than enough, it's filled with hope. It's filled with, for Christ followers with encouragement. 
But if you're not a Christ follower this morning, as I said, this book should scare you to death. If you're not a Christ follower, you are going to face some terrible things during the tribulation. There are going to be things that are going to happen. The mark of the beast, which is not here yet. We have to have a beast before we have the mark. And the beast hasn't shown up. And we have to, you, you have to know these things. You have to know what is going to take place. Because that just makes it better for us knowing what we're not going to have to face. God promised us that we will never face his wrath. And once we become a Christ follower, remember, he forgets our sins, our past, our present, and our future. Never a more, never more to bring them up to us. Isn't that good news this morning? Isn't that good news? He never remembers our sins. You know, our family and our friends remember all of the bad things we do. Jesus Christ will never remember him. And I am so thankful for that. I am so thankful for that. He is there and he is, he is ready to, to just hold us up and, and keep us up. This morning, if you're not a Christ follower, if you're watching online, if you're here, you're not a Christ follower, I want you to know Jesus loves you. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I need you. I, forgive, I repent of my sins. Please come into my life. Wash me and cleanse me. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, then you are saved. So confess tonight, or this morning, that he is Lord. If you're here this morning, you say, well, I'm just not living up to my, my part of the bargain. You can take care of that this morning, too, by just saying, Lord, I need to live up. I need to surrender totally to you. Everything needs to be yours in my life. You see, one of the things that we're not going to have in heaven are the things we have here on earth. So nothing here on earth should be important to us than following Jesus Christ. There shouldn't be anything that is more important to us than doing God's will here on earth and following Jesus Christ and loving him and showing love to all those around us. That is our main, our main uh, job as Christ followers. It's not to, to go and to, to evangelize the world. That's not our job. Our job is to go and love one another like Christ loves us. Pastor Floyd, he, he drives that point home almost every week that we need to love one another as Christ loves us. So as we leave here today, think about Revelations not as a gloom and doom book, but as a, as a book of encouragement, as a book of hope, as a book that will bring joy to everyone and a blessing to everyone who reads it, hears it, and obeys it. As I said, starting the second Tuesday in September, we will be doing a study on Revelation chapter by chapter, and it's going to be on Zoom, so anyone anywhere in the country can watch it and join into it and be a part of it, and I hope they, that you will come and, and be a part of the, the study I love to do these studies. Um, 
And uh, I, I love to get the input from everyone else that, and their, their perspectives. So I'm excited about starting the study. We've missed it over the summer. Uh, we did uh, just finished a study on Daniel and on prayer. And um, I, I just, I miss being with people on Tuesday nights, being with our church family on Tuesday nights. So join us for that on Tuesdays starting in September. Like I said, we will have more information about that. But we want to close this morning. Is there a closing song this morning? No closing song. So let's all stand together. And Heather, it's good to see you. And uh, let's all stand together and give um, Lord just thanks for being here this morning. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your book and for Revelation. And we just ask, Lord, that you would, you would bless us and for hearing your word this morning, for reading your word, and Lord, we ask that you will help us to obey your word this morning as we leave this place. We ask that you would be with us as we go our different ways today, bring us back safe on um, next week for our, our celebration again. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com, or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you and God bless.